Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of Lasting Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Toffee, and joining me is... Uh, I'm Dead Beat Dad Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got to be like Clicker Shafi. Joel? Oh wait, I think it's just Dead Joel. <laughs> yeah, Dead Joel, yes. Spoilers. So in case you... Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers so, for people who don't have internet. <laughs> So in case you couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us Part 2. We're going to go through some spoilers, so there's your warning right there. And before that, maybe we're just going to tackle a bit of news here and there. So some new stuff kind of popped up as of late. Uh, like, uh, Jafik, did you get to check out that really cool uh, Star Wars Squadron trailer that came out a couple of days ago? At the EA Play event, yes, I noticed it and I was very much impressed by it. In fact, it gave me a lot of nostalgic feels and the first thing that came to my mind is how are they going to microtransaction the shit out of this? And so then, far, EA has mentioned so far on the news that there's no microtransactions. No, no, but like, can I mention something that occurred in the trailer? Because it's, like, it's basically, oh, you get to play all these mission modes, you get to do all these things, you get to unlock all these things just by playing the game. <laughs> yes, like, they had to stress that out. You know how sad <laughs> it is these days where you actually have to spell it out for people in your trailers? I was like giggling. <sighs> but like, like this, is, this looks cool. This looks amazing. Especially when they were showing all those uh, like bat- battles on top of like a Star Destroyer. It's like, oh, I can't wait to play this. So how are they going to ruin this? <laughs> like, it, it felt like the the trailer was apologizing before even the game came out it was like no you just have to play the game trust us we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna try to milk this franchise any other way because apparently I don't know uh, Jedi Fallen Order actually made money and it didn't have to rely on such tactics yeah yeah they kind of prove a lot of executives wrong like what they did with Battlefront 2 and what they did with uh, Jedi Fallen Order like two completely different mindsets yeah, obviously one of them worked out and there you go. I mean, like, I guess uh, they're changing their. I think they change. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be like a full changing their ways kind of thing because yeah. I think at the end of the day, when the game comes out, when Squadron comes out, they're gonna find some way, maybe like extra DLC or like extra stuff that you can get post launch. So that's what you can do. I mean, which I don't you- mind, but I don't think they're gonna do the whole loot box route or the what's the thing surprise mechanics <laughs> no 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 they won't they won't you can't but do that they anymore. mentioned that EA Motive is a smaller studio working on this game mm. and it looks good the trailer looks good and it looks super polished hopefully it translates to gameplay but I'm guessing there's gonna be one of those EA experiments where I release this game if a lot of people like it yeah we're just gonna keep releasing more and more expansions I don't know I think it's banking very heavily on the branding of Star Wars uh, oh, definitely. That's without doubt. You know doubt. what I mean? Because like, I, I seriously believe that all they needed to do to have really made this game like be the most hyped up game of all time is that if they included... like And also, replay classic movie missions. Then you show the Death Star run itself where you have to actually Ooh. do the trench. It's like, in modern graphics, it's like, yeah, okay, that, that game is already going to be shitting gold bricks forever. <laughs> so it's like... That's my only. I wouldn't say even say complaint is like, yeah, you kind of dropped the ball. You should have like. I mean, we're we're kind of impressed with what you're showing us right now, but if we could do like Battle of Endor, <laughs> like, I think that might be DLC <laughs> if the initial game and that's does what they very fuck well. Fuck you over for a hundred dollars. You get to replay the Battle of Endor. You can even be Admiral Akbar and you just tell everybody it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> press uh, press triangle for it's a trap. You know, yeah. it's like you know, and press triangle is like literally Lando Calrissian is like being like, why are they jamming our signals unless they know we're coming? <laughs> you have like that Mass Effect like dialogue tree. It's a yep. trap. What's going <laughs> on? Blah 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 blah. Or don't say anything. 
And then when you press either one of them, it'll just go back to it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> uh, I think they're gonna save that as DLC if, again, if the game does well. Uh. Or, I mean, who knows? I mean, if they put this on PC, I'm sure the modding community will come through. <laughs> yeah, they will. Guys, we wanna do the Death Star run. Let's do the Death Star run. And we have to make it not only movie accurate, but also distance accurate, like oh, that is like because if you watch the movie, it's like it seems like it took Luke Skywalker only three minutes to get to the <laughs> to the vent, but it's like <laughs> you don't realize this is the size of a moon. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of trench you have to go through, and then every cannon and every tie fighter, and eventually during the last leg where you, even Darth Vader shows up, you know, like or even you no know, even more fucked up is like oh okay, you can if you want the happy ending, you need to pay like fifty dollars for the Millennium Falcon to save your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you just you just never blow up the Death Star, it's like oh okay. If you if you want Han Solo to come down and like you know get Darth Vader off your back, yeah you know it's gonna cost uh, you an extra fifty US. It's an extra oh, fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So be prepared to pay a hundred plus dollars for your digital deluxe edition, yeah. where you get to play as Wookie, uh, as Chewbacca. You can actually be in the co-pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon. You're the guy who bangs the side of the dashboard to get the warp drive. <laughs> <laughs> Play as R2-D2 as he's just navi- helping you navigate and shit. But they had that in like the fucking Star Wars Battlefront VR missions, you know? Like yeah. That was the funnest thing for me. You know what? You know what also would push this game over the top? What? When you hear the comms from your other co-pilots, it sounds too clean. It has to sound like that really crusty like a CB radio, ham radio, that, that 70s sound, like, <laughs> there's just gold later coming in. It has to sound like that, you know what I mean? Okay, just... if, the, if, if, the, if in the audio settings, they have those filters yes, when you're playing the game, want, that would be pretty awesome. I want dude. my 70s analog crackle. I want to say, uh, Porkins, are you there? I'm down, Luke! Like, you only hear that. <laughs> that would be really, really good if they can actually do that. Yeah. Right, you know, oh man, the dream, like, you know, like, you know, you, you get you get to be what color leader I want to be green leader the guy with the weird helmet like that does not look <laughs> functional at all how do you turn your head bro <laughs> yeah sh- I can see I can see like everybody's <laughs> Instagram flooded with like pictures of them wearing their Star Wars or X-Wing helmet whenever the game comes out you know like hey I'm gonna buy the game here's my copy I'm gonna wear the helmet <laughs> while I'm playing the game <laughs> you know you know what we call those people nerds <laughs> Yeah, we're not any different. So. Uh, we're, we're not, no, we're, we're them too. Uh, yes, we are. I'm not going to wear a goofy helmet in my living room. As a, No, wait, yeah, I am going to wear a goofy helmet in my living room. I'll go full cosplay. You know what? That would be so cool. <laughs> like, if yeah, you can yeah, play yeah. the game and then, like, you know, you can turn on, like, maybe, like, on a Sony PlayStation or what. Like, you can turn on, like, your eye camera and, like, yes. you can see your friend <laughs> in cosplay. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't get dressed up for nothing. Let's go take down this yeah, Death can, Star. <laughs> can you see through those visors? You sure about that? We need your eyes on this game, man. No, I don't need my eyes. I use the Force. Ah. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to the game yes looking forward to yes, it yes I'm very hyped for the game and you know that means with such high expectations comes major disappointments if you fuck up a single thing EA eyes on you hashtag don't fuck this up please you know, I am willing to part with uh, a, a cool amount of my money to play this game if you get it right so uh, we'll see I'm very much looking forward to when this game finally drops well, what's the uh, the release date uh, is next year right 
It is October. Um, one of the weeks of October, the first week, if I recall. This year or next year? Yeah, it's this year. This year. This oh, year. Oh fuck! Usually a lot. <laughs> usually a lot of EA games they get announced pri- on the year itself, unless it's something like Anthem mm. or something like big <laughs> scale, like Dragon Age or so. That's so sad, right? You're gonna think about it like, so whatever happened to Anthem, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Dragon Age or the new Mass Effect. No, Nothing li- on that. leave Mass Effect alone. Okay, it 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 had the 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 lifespan it needed. We did not need Andromeda. Mass Effect is fine. Let it be a classic trilogy we leave alone. Also, well, Dragon speaking Age. of trilogy, I'm glad that it made its way onto Steam, like, finally, <laughs> for, like, the past week or so. Like, mm. and also on sale as well until uh, next week. So that's, you know, if you want to save some money, I don't get know. the trilogy. Wow. But Even Titanfall Fall 2. Yeah. EA Origin is still a thing, right? Uh, yeah, it still is. But if you want it on Steam and you want the achievement on Steam, yeah, yeah. just get the... Yeah. Just get the Steam version because like I do recall like there are some games I own on Steam like say okay like F- Fallen Order where mm. it's like I have a Steam key but it still forces me to log in through EA <laughs> oh through the origin thing oh, yeah that's, that's so it's like you have to go through it's still. like okay I need to launch two of these clients to play one game uh, okay I get I understand DRM I mean even Rockstar is not like guilty of this like they still have to, you have to go through Rockstar Club when you want to play anything right uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Star Wars Squadrons because it's mostly nostalgia. It's not so much that I trust the company or I think that it's going to be a good game. But you know what? Oh man, when you see those graphics, like going through the asteroid field, you yeah, just... that, that's like a thing of beauty. Like just seeing a flight, si- a, a space uh, flight. That is the dream for every kid our age because it's like there hasn't been a Star Wars game with this kind of like graphical fidelity. Like not since like those VR missions in. Battlefront 2 and it's like that's also you know a hefty price point entry because you need the VR set to really enjoy that and like you said uh, Rogue Squadron was a long while back so this is the sequel I've been waiting for or maybe yeah, see what it is and I mean I also like the fact that you know you can also play as the Empire you could also write Interceptors and TIE Fighters so it's like yeah that's awesome like, you know and I also like the fact like oh you can also play as a bomber you know it's like wait wait can we play as the Death Star? Can I be the asshole with a weird helmet who powers up that thing? <laughs> Lord Vader says fire. Fire! <laughs> I have my XN ready. <laughs> yeah, press X. Just have to wait for a bit. <laughs> press X for the glowing tunnel thing to light up. Yeah. It's like a QTE and then you gotta position the Death Star. The lasers up shit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> one of your missions like, we need to turn this thing around. They're, they're all the way on the other, other side. And that's the one thing about like the Star Wars, the mythos is like, why don't you just go around the Death Star? <laughs> the laser seems to be on one side of it. Go to the side that doesn't have the laser. Yes. <laughs> like, I do not, okay, let's not nitpick Star Wars films because everybody else has done it. Okay, we've got no time. Uh, speaking of uh, nostalgia, Skate 4! I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I don't know about the announcement. It's like, hey, we're doing Skate 4! And... That's yeah, it. Not, <laughs> much, not much happened. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think that uh, whole entire presentation was a bust. Were it not for like Star Wars Squadron, but we kind of we kind of expected that from EA, so they didn't disappoint in that regard. Yeah, I I will say this right. Skate Four is basically a clap back to the fact that Tony Hawk is going to remaster Part One and Part Two. Like Tony Hawk One and Two remastered, definitely targeting targeting the nostalgia crowd. Skate Four and like what I'm worried about is because like EA is like okay, this has got to sell like a bajillion copies. Do kids skate now? Like super high expectations from a yeah. title that only a few niche people would know about. So I would say this, right? Like, so who's the demographic for this game? Because the guys who played Skate 1, 2, and 3 are like our age now. 
Yeah, it's like they're making a game for themselves, which is nice and admirable. But yeah. you know, you gotta answer to your shareholders and yeah. So yeah, it's kind of pickles of this thing. Uh, the, the fact that there's so little said about this release is like okay, eyes on Skate Four too. Like I'm curious, I want to see how this goes. Or it could be a side thing. Like they did, just, they did an announcement as such because obviously their money makers are still FIFA, your Maddens, and NBA, and and Star Wars stuff basically. Mm. So I think this Skate Four is gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be hopefully a smaller scale title. Like EA is not gonna pay too much attention to it. I, hopefully, I don't want that to happen at all because I really like Skate One, Two, and Three were such genre-defining video games. Not only in terms of like the skateboard video game, which was ruled by Tony Hawk for the longest time. Like Skate Four actually presented a whole new dynamic and a whole new way to play. And every sequel improved on the first game, and it's one of the f- the few game series that felt like, why isn't there a four by now? Like, there's so much more you can do with this game and with this gameplay style and this game and the and the mechanic of flicking on your controllers was pure genius. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like compared to the very comboish button pressing style of like Tony Hawk, like where this one, it felt like you really need to finesse. You really need to master your Hadouken move when to get your varial kickflip perfect. So it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is gonna be a PlayStation f- like or a Xbox thing because this guy, this game is definitely designed for controllers, and they didn't really announce that. But it would have bl- it would blow my mind right now if EA was like, oh yeah, by the way, Skate One, Two, Three finally available on PC. About goddamn time! <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I kind of want to replay. Skate I really want to replay those games because especially uh, when you do the multiplayer modes, you can just play with random people and you all can play horse and like exchange tricks and shit. It's like. Man, this game deserves a longer lifespan, but I also kind of need to bring in the caveat of like, is there? We kind of have to be a bit realistic, per se. Are kids skating? That? Is skateboarding a thing? When was the last time you walked out on the streets and you saw some asshole on, on a, on a piece of plywood like rumble past you? No, they're too busy playing Mobile Legends. Okay. Yes. Fucking the mobiles are the in thing right now. The mo- mobile mobiles. Mobile games have taken over the guitar and the skateboard as a means of expression for angry young men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Twitter, Twitter too. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, uh, that's all in gaming news, I guess. Well, for well, now. actually, there was a throwback I kind of want to just bring up before on we EA? start. Like, uh, no, 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 on Bandicoot Four. Oh yeah, just today or like a few hours ago, right? Uh, I think it was a few. Day- I think it was like a day or day ago. Yeah. yeah. At this time of recording, this, this... Yeah, it looks it look, looks kind of uh, basically some. It's just your throwback from part one, two, and three, with like a new Aku Aku mask that gives you like uh, gravity flipping powers or. Powers that slow down time to add to the whole puzzle mechanics mm. and shit. And I think this is the first... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. This is probably the first time you could play as uh, Dr. Insane. Uh, or, or Neo Cortex, sorry. Neo Cortex. Could you play him in the other games? I really I can't recall. I, I only played the first Crash Bandicoot when it came out on the classic PlayStation. I know the time-traveling one. That was kind of fun too. Yeah. But I think you only can play Coco and Crash. But this fourth one is the first time you get to play as the Doctor, the bad guy. So... That'll be interesting. I mean, for me, is, I'm more of a, like, when it comes to the furry mascots of the PlayStation genre, it's like, I'm a Ratchet and Clank guy. Like, I, I'm aware of Crash uh, Bandicoot, but, like, by the time he was popular, I was kind of playing, like, Metal Gear Solid. Like, uh, okay. Unfortunately, you know, we won't be making a return back to PlayStation exclusive stuff, but at least there are some people who still care about the old PlayStation games back in the day, so that's why this throwback was done, lah, you know, from these people who actually did the remakes of Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3. I mean, I know he was in Smash. He was he ever part of the Smash Brothers lo- roster? No, he was in the. S- yeah, he was in the Sony All Stars no, no, no. one, right? 
Yeah, this, no, no, he wasn't even on the Sony All-Stars <laughs> one at all. I think that at the time, the Activision thing was still in effect. So he kind of actually jumped ship onto Sony's uh, exclusive games. Well, who are the, the original developers for Crash Bandicoot? Uh, yeah, the, the guys we're going to be talking about eventually. <laughs> uh, Naughty Dog. What a setup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. From Crash Bandicoot, dead mascots to dead fathers. <laughs> Thank <laughs> this is gonna be a this is gonna be one of those conversations huh? <laughs> yep yep remember when they made Crash Bandicoot <laughs> you know it'd be cool that if you play the Crash remake the new game and in the first half hour some the Captain Insano like belts him over here with a golf club it's like <laughs> oh my god the my fuck <laughs> I'm gonna cut all of this out I don't have any of this in the actual conversation you know what fuck it I'll leave it in you all know what happens yeah, yeah, to yeah. fucking Joel <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we did say spoilers at the start we of We said spoilers three anyway. episodes ago when we did nothing but a discussion about how spoilers don't matter in video games. And I will say this, uh, yeah, so, wait, wait, wait anything else you want to add to the Crash Bandicoot story? I think that's about it. I mean, coming out in October, like the throwback so far, nice that they actually kept Crash the same way it was, like, just answering you through grunts and groans and shit. That's I'm about it. I'm more curious though, will he have ray tracing like Crash and Clank? Uh, don't think Who cares? so. No, actually, <laughs> no. yeah. Can 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 you, can your video card do ray tracing? No. Then why why even add this technology? <laughs> zero out of ten. <laughs> zero out of ten. No ray tracing. <laughs> what a terrible setup. You know. Okay. Also, in other gaming news, Mixer shuts down. Uh, R.I.P. Another streaming service that didn't make a dent. And well, uh, it made a bit of news when uh, Ninja said he's gonna jump ship from Twitch to. Mixer about a that's year ago. That's not making and news, then... that's just proper publicity because you know what? You throw yeah. money at the most popular streamer to leave one platform to join yours and you realize that this guy is not even relevant enough to keep that platform going. It says more about Ninja than it does about Mixer. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> like, apparently, oh, uh, we have the most popular streamer of all time and he has got the most subscribers on Twitch. Okay, when he joins Mixer, all those subscribers are going to go over. Uh, no, they nope. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they stayed on Twitch because he's... They even brought in Shroud as well, another yeah. hardcore uh, Twitch uh, streamer. I mean, Shroud yeah. definitely didn't have a sweet as deal as Ninja. In fact, there was a whole bunch of uh, Twitch streamers who kind of left the platform to join Mixer. And yeah, but Shroud is still a super big name. He, yeah, I would say no, in the terms of a pure game streamer, not a, like a game, not a game personality per se, but more like a guy who actually plays video games and streams it. It's like, yeah, I, was, I wasn't surprised they, they would bring him on because I think, like, bringing on Ninja would bring all the casuals, bringing on Shroud would be all the hardcores, you know, and that would have established, like, you know, at least two halves of a community on Mixer. They're not there to watch games. They're there to watch booby streamers. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. nobody's there for these assholes. We're all watching Amon Ruff doing jumping jacks. <laughs> like, who cares about Ninja and Shroud? When's Amon Ruff going online? Like, let's, let's call it for what it is, right? The people on Twitch, like, most of them are not watching games. <laughs> they're watching the personalities do the yeah. stuff. Yeah, they, They're watching just people, it. you know, and especially the whole Twitch in real life movement. Some random girl at the gym, like, why is this a thing? <laughs> like, I don't know, if you want, like, this whole business, I know in Asia at the very least, Facebook gaming seems to be doing very well for itself for the past two, three years because they kind of played it smart. Like, they already knew, like, ever since those people who were running Twitch Asia a couple of years back left to do their own uh, esports body or company, I think all eyes were on Facebook gaming because they were the only one, only platform that 
every Southeast Asian company wants to work with. So they knew the importance, so yeah. they boosted up Facebook to Facebook I Gaming. I would say also because I think when it comes to a lot of marketing and a lot of business practices, especially here in Asia, Facebook is definitely very integral to a lot of the, the social media marketing. But not only that, a lot of core customers and businesses is like, I can say for ourselves also is like, yeah, Facebook marketing in Asia works very well because most Asians like Singapore, Malaysia, like even Vietnam, Thailand, right? Their eyeballs are mostly on Facebook rather than on other platforms. Like I, they are not the demographic on YouTube or Twitch per se. Uh, for YouTube, actually, you could say it's like a second place when it comes to the whole YouTube, uh, video game streaming yeah. thing. Because I notice a lot of people actually post up more VODs than usual, like the recorded streams on YouTube gaming or even Twitch to an extent. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, but I know, but I think Facebook is way more ubiquitous here in Asia as compared to other parts of the world. I think, especially in the US and in Europe, like there is the negative uh, connotation of Facebook is just constantly stealing data and watching you. And it's like yeah. over here in Asia, that, that doesn't affect us at all because it's like. I don't think unfortunately no it one doesn't cares. make a dent here yeah. and like for yeah. Facebook gaming to prop up and if it was to focus on maybe an Asian market it'll be very interesting to see but I don't think that it will actually be I, I don't think Twitch has anything to worry about because um, like my hypothesis for like you know why Mixer didn't really succeed is more along the lines of like Twitch has been around and like we're talking about since the Justin TV era Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it more from that to Twitch. And then, like, even despite all the drama and all the behind-the-scenes crap and the politics that go on with Twitch, right, and all... And basically, you know, like, you know, the rise of the booby streamer or the fact that, you know, uh, Twitch in itself... I mean, okay, despite all the negative stuff, it is a very much inundated, strong community built from the ground up by the users themselves. Like, you... All the FG streams are on Twitch, you know. All, most of the, like there even like uh, I would say entire movements of people playing Dungeons and Dragons that exist on Twitch. Yeah, they do their board gaming stuff yeah. on Twitch. They stream that and, shit. And the thing is, right? There's a genuine, like, there, there's something very genuine about the fact of watching somebody do it live as opposed to like watching a pre-recorded uh, version of it on YouTube. And like even even like tech uh, giants like say Linus Tech Tips, they do their live show on Twitch, you know. And now they've they're slowly segmenting away and going uh, through I think YouTube live stream. Yeah, and I would say this right. Um, I mean, there's so much we can discuss about the mixer story. Uh, let us do the proper research and maybe we might wrap our heads around this a little bit more because there's so much little things there's way too much to there's too many into moving parts for us to actually have a strong opinion on anything but like you know yeah, what yeah. because especially when you hear that Mixer itself like if you don't hear much about Mixer you know that that platform's doing something wrong like if you don't see ads popping up on your YouTube or any other program that you're using that's Microsoft related I mean it's you, it's not wrong, popping you know? up on YouTube but I'm pretty sure it's popping up on Bing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> which nobody uses. Do you know anyone using Bing? Exactly. You know, which is uh, pre-installed with Internet Explorer. <laughs> Who's using Internet Explorer? I am. I'm a web developer. I think it's a new name right now, right? Sorry? <sighs> I forgot. Oh. They, they, they updated Explorer to something else. Yeah, uh, like uh, Microsoft Edge. Ah, yeah, and then Edge. they have a Chromium yeah. version out, So which is using... Uh, okay, I'm not... Uh, I don't talk about my job. <laughs> I'm here to talk about fucking video- fish games. Yeah, the fun stuff. We're talking about fun okay, stuff. Speaking yes, of fun, yes. 
Maybe let's uh, wrap up the the entertainment uh, news segment uh, with also yeah. some depressing news, some sad news, so, yeah, um, some sad stuff. Uh, as of this uh, few days and this week, as of this recording, right, uh, we were made uh, aware of the passing of uh, two giants in film. It's been a while since we did anything film related here on the Last King Podcast. So hopefully, post pandemic, yeah. when movies and us being able to go to the theaters happen, like you know, but. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Ian Holm. Uh, most of you will recognize him as uh, Bilbo Baggins from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, guys, he was the android from 1979. Yeah, Alien he was the well. he was yes he was Ash the the android Ash, from the classic movie by Ridley Scott Alien. He was also I mean he's the actor who pops up in so many things and you always see like oh it's that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, like I would also say, like you know, maybe for me, his my my favorite performance of all is from uh, what the work he did in Brazil, opposite uh, Jonathan Price as the the, the the neurotic boss who could ne- who always needs Sam Lowry. Uh, but <laughs> also uh, uh, gone too soon is uh, film director Joel Schumacher, who unfortunately yeah. people will always remind you or uh, is the guy who ruined Batman. He actually did a lot of stuff back then, especially in the 80s and the late 90s. Oh, sorry, early 90s, early Joe 90s. Schumacher's actually... Like, I mean, he's a... S- my favorite film from him was uh, Falling Down, especially. I love Falling I Down. Like Michael yes. Douglas in that movie. Uh, and I think it's like, even post-Batman, he did have a few movies that actually struck a chord with me. Like, uh, one of my favorite post-Batman movies is Phone Booth with Colin Farrell. Uh, Ooh, that that was movie good. was exceptional, yeah, was you know, and and that came out around the same time as like Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk, so I know which one I would rather watch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, Joel Schumacher, um, he is, he was actually a very distinct and specific voice, and uh, like you know, don't just remember him for the Batman movies, like you know, he did his best. Yeah, I remember him from Saint Elmo's Fire. Remember him from. Uh I guess uh, Lost Boys. Lost Definitely Boys. Lost yeah. Boys. Like that's the movie I wanted to bring up. Like you know, uh, as much yeah. as I enjoyed his work, but like, dude, who knew Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire was the sexiest thing ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> he gave Jason <laughs> Patrick a career. Oh my god. Yes, yes. You know, uh, also Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> so rest in peace, uh, Sir Ian Holm, uh, Joel Schumacher, and uh, you know. Uh, thank you so much for your hard work and the art you've shared with and us. And contributions. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, we're going to be speaking about a game that has been on everybody's minds and that has been extremely polarizing as predicted by the game director himself because I do recall that when The Last of Us, the Last of Us 2 was announced and when the trailer was finally revealed, uh, the so-called shitstorm that came attached to it was... Uh, very unprecedented uh, for several reasons uh, we covered here on The Last King uh, in a previous episode where we mentioned about how you know uh, to us basically spoilers don't affect games but it actually aff- but at the same time it kind of does for some minority like the, the, the hack itself might have done some damage and goodwill but it, it might come I to I mean pass I would eventually. say this right uh, after playing the game and experiencing the story it also kind of feels to me like you know like how all good leaks are basically just uh, test audiencing for free you know you yeah, don't need yeah. to pay a focus group anymore you just kind of you know quote unquote leak something and see how people react and then you build your marketing around that because it's like when the game was uh, pretty much uh, slated to be released within this year actually no it was delayed once right it was supposed to be last year it was actually delayed a couple of months, yeah. but I heard some like internal rumblings here and there on Twitter. Like, 
an ex-Naughty Dog employee did say that the game could have come out last year. But because of uh, the people they hired who are like fresh grads or, or mm. like people who are like... Because the senior people left Naughty Dog. So they need to actually train up the talent. So that took an entire year before Last of Us 2 could be finished. Yeah. And um, you know what? It does... I would say this, right? Uh, with the younger team, it does not bear the marks of inexperience. Actually, it's an incredibly, an incredibly polished game. I would say that. Uh, Last of Us 2 is um, I don't know I, I don't want to go straight into the game review right now but I would say like I would like to also address uh, all the events and all the occurrences that happened between the last time we mentioned the spoiler leak and the actual game which came out but we need to also kind of address uh, what this has I mean, the effect it has on the culture right now because there is the review bombs we need to kind of address and yeah, as soon as the game actually came out on midnight uh, on Friday, like oh, went uh, 100 hours, I think all the reviews started coming in from the user side, all of it, like giving it ones and zeros and talking up nonsense about like, oh, there's some SJW elements in it, I'm not buying the game I mean, or yeah, some nonsense, terrible not story just and everything. That. I think it was not even the SJW elements, it's also more along the lines of uh, some uh, what they do with some of the characters in the game. Yeah, and yeah. I would the also want to say this, right? Uh, a majority of those reviews, especially the negative user reviews, we also need to address the fact that, yeah, uh, so, I mean, for those of you who don't know, a review bomb is when people basically log into a platform like, say, Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes and they, pers- uh, they just purposely leave a bad review without having any experience with the game because it's like when the reviews started coming in, it was basically like, you know, a couple hours from when the game was actually released. And like, yeah. let's be honest, uh, Sony PlayStation Plus Network, uh, games don't download that fast for you to be able to review it literally a couple yeah. of hours. I mean, e- I mean, even with the pre-installing <laughs> stuff you can do, like before you I actually pre-installed the game it, I still needed to wait like a couple of hours before the, the whole game came. Is it like the post-download update, is it? Or yeah, something? the day one patch you know, or whatever that was. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I yeah. pre-loaded the game and I was like, okay, uh, and I was... Yeah, and this game is about like 20-25 hours, so you cannot actually review the game by then. Like, yeah. On the dot itself. So yeah. like we, we need to call out these people because it's like, you know, when you like one thing that I need to champion, especially here on The Last King, and something that I, I take very seriously, right? Is I, I hold review sacred and it's important for you to review things not based on the opinions of others or on hearsay or on what uh you know your so called tribe has convinced you to do. But it should always be based on your own personal experience, your own personal expertise, and your ability to understand the intention and the execution. And your preferences as well. I eliminate preferences. Uh, My first rule of review is just because you don't, just because you like it, doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm. If you've been listening to the podcast, like, I am very strict with (laughs) all my reviews. Uh, And I don't know. It is also something to do with the fact that like. One of the things that I can't stand is like this is ammunition for the media to kind of attack gamers because then it becomes the whole conversation of like, oh, look at all these incel, lonely boy, uh, butthurt, ang- angry gamers. Look at these toxic individuals. And like for the longest time, like guys like us, like we're, we're true gamers, right? Like we don't behave like this. And there's a whole section of society who's giving us a bad rap because it's like you know then it becomes the whole fucking 
oh, like video games causes violence because look at how violent these people are or like video game causes a, you know, a toxic society because look at how they're acting, right? And it's like, yeah, those assholes don't represent us. <laughs> you know, this has nothing to do with us as a category of people because gamers, if anything, are honest about what they like, you know, because we are definitely a sub-branch of the nerd. Like, we are passionate about the things that not many people are passionate about. Um, yeah, so it's like, we take... It's kind of sad that this actually is still happening. Yeah. Like people, they hear something that they got them butthead about a game. They form, like, a vocal minority. They, they, they lash just, out for no reason. Yeah, like, lash out. Yeah. I will say this, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to call these people out because it's like, you know, you are not representing my community. You're not representing my category of gamer. Because and it's funnier now because the game is out and people have finished it thoroughly and some of these comments are pretty stupid in retrospect. All of these comments actually, so, all the negative, like you, no game is a three upon zero. Okay, wait, well, you know, there are yeah. some games <laughs> I play. You. Oh yeah, <laughs> there yeah, yeah, are yeah, some course, games that are a three upon zero. Okay, uh, no, like uh, Right to Hell is one of them. <laughs> okay, uh, but to see a game like The Last of Us two. You're not giving a 3 out of 10 for this kind of game. Come on, that's a lot of effort put into this. That's for no, actually, sure. I might give it a 3 out of 10 <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> wow. No, 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 wait, I'm saving that for the review. Okay, but I would say this, right? Uh, now, w- why I feel that we need to address this because here on The Last King, we are very much uh, serious about our points of view and we always make it a point that our discussions are always filled with educated opinions based on not only our experiences but also our personalities. But more importantly is that, you know, we do not believe in, uh, I would say, this kind of, uh, you know, toxic menta- mentality of like, you. These, these are people's livelihoods, you know, like you can hate Neil Druckmann for all you want. He can be a, a totally, uh, he's a total asshole, maybe. But like, you have to also respect the game designers, the developers, the coders, the motion cap artists, you know, the sound guys who actually put in a lot of effort into this and to give games like this a 3 upon 10 because you don't agree with the politics or the narrative fuck you <laughs> play the fucking game create your own opinion then you then you then you have you lash out your criticisms okay because it's like to me it's uh, there's two things that we need to address is like you know the failure of like places like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes because like here on the podcast we constantly say like yeah, don't trust them. Trust us. We actually yeah, yeah. Trust, 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 trust your own judgment. You know? you know, like you have a chance to play a game for yourself. Do yeah. it. Finish it. And you like it or hate yeah. it, you talk and about like, it. I mean, yeah. like you know, we can also go into the whole rigmarole of uh, like you know, why does IGN give it a ten upon ten? There are business practices that are going on that you know nobody's going to address honestly but from the reviewer's standpoint yeah, I mean again it maybe because he just likes that game a lot the series yeah. so he sees but it as I'm an improvement also, I mean if he sees it as a failure I'm sure but I also it a need score. to address the fact that like you know why do a lot of games get a 7 upon 10 that's the safe score that won't piss off developers and won't piss off yeah 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 audiences. that is a thing la, unfortunately yeah, and the thing yeah, is yeah. like we don't practice that here we just tell you exactly how we feel uh, like, which is what I love about owning my own podcast you know it's like yeah I can give a game a 4 yeah, upon yeah, 10 this course. game sucked <laughs> look at you Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> experience Ush. I'm looking at you Anthem <laughs> god damn it you are the chosen one oh <laughs> uh, man um, so uh, 
uh, gamers, you know, like here on the last game, it's important that you're honest about your feelings, and also we need to point out the fact that there will be a lot of sources out there who will give you very conflicting opinions. Uh, choose who you listen to wisely, but also more importantly, uh, learn to recognize when things are being done for the sake of being done rather than for, uh, you know, pushing the art. Which what that's what we truly care about here is like you know how do we improve this hobby that we love so much that we spend so much money on called video games is like what how can we make it ascend to new levels and it's important that you know uh, like nowhere find the right voices to guide your judgments okay but don't just follow mob mentality you know I was really much disgusted by the review bombs I wasn't surprised yeah. but you know what the internet is going to be the internet it's still kind of sad yeah still because sad. like yeah for me like you know, in the, on the grand scheme of things right it is more important that you know can we for fuck's sake in 2020 not be portrayed as vile little immature assholes who have nothing better to do than to say shitty things on the internet we've grown up way more than this okay so yeah you know uh, Last King fans I don't I'm not saying that you guys do it but I'm pretty sure if we lead the charge that you know if you follow our lead like yeah I mean if you're gonna give a bad rating for a give game a reason. at least play the game yes. at least as much as you but can to your best of your abilities just, and then judge don't it don't just parrot or echo somebody else's opinion okay learn to formulate your own okay and, and listen to other people or at least put in the hours play the game have a definitive idea on what it is that truly makes a product of quality to you okay that's how no, that, that's how it all works, you know. So, uh, I didn't like Last of Us Two. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very harsh. No, it's not harsh. Maybe it's should... me being extremely fair and honest. And there's yeah, so yeah. many things that I liked about it, and there's so many things that I didn't like about it. That originally my score was a very average, maybe six upon ten. But it's like in hindsight, looking at it, and then like you know, preparing for this review because we took a little bit longer than usual. Like most other like establishments have their reviews out already and we took oh because they actually got their copy Everybody like three gets, weeks prior yeah. <laughs> and and they're not allowed to talk about 50% of the game when they do we're the gonna reviews, talk about so. 100% of the game <laughs> yeah we are gonna talk about 100% that's why I rather we just get our own copies <laughs> don't worry about embargoes the game's out you can anything goes yeah. right so uh, Last of Us 2 uh, follows up on the story from Last of Us 1 which happened 7 years ago oh no the game released 7 years ago I don't know what the time frame it is from that game to this I game I believe it was about 5 four, five years prior 5 years, five years after the first yeah, game so anything is right it leans in very heavily on the occurrences of Last of Us uh, Part 1 because what happens in the end of that game pretty much is the uh, emotional impetus for a lot of what happens in this game and uh, in terms of presentation and story, I would say this, right? Uh, like, we did have that discussion about Last of Us spoilers and how... I mean, I also famously said, like, okay, you know, I don't care about spoilers. It does not affect my uh, gaming experience. Whereas in this case, when I was thinking about it, like, yeah, if I didn't know what would really happen, that I might have enjoyed the story a little bit more. But, you know, that's still few and far between because it's like, overall... I mean, like, if you're going to break down the review... Uh, Presentation-wise, I actually think the story is very exceptional. I enjoyed what was presented to me. And also, I think that the choices they made with the characterizations and with the decisions and also with a lot of the... Uh, let's say, I mean, like, I mean, the one thing that's been spoiled for everybody is Joel's death. I, th- yep. I was like surprised how well it was done. And, you know, I would... 
honestly say that you know uh, the team who did definitely the story side of it put in a lot of good work uh, but it's also the problem of between the so-called the emotional moments a lot of the actual story is very boring to me and it was very much like establishing relationships that I truly do not care about especially like moments between Ellie and Dina or with the Asian guy what's his name Jesse uh, yeah Jesse uh, Discount Glenn Discount yes. Glenn Jesse. <laughs> Oh, that's harsh, sir. How could you? Yeah, uh, I know, I but know. As actual Asian guys, yeah, we can say it. Fuck it. <laughs> Discount Glenn? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh, man. Didn't I see you on Kim's Convenience? Anyway, so like... Yes. And then there's this, 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 this entire conversation that goes between the three of them and also about like, you know, pregnancy and relationships, right? Which not only I felt... Uh, I mean, it was designed to add some sort of... Um, uh, character building and drama I wouldn't even say character building when, uh, and drama I would just say like some levity as opposed to all the nastiness that was going around because you know they're yeah. like nothing is more hopeful than a possible baby on the way you know what I mean and it, like uh, like, but you know it did not contribute to my enjoyment of the game I mean I thought it was like yeah, this is fine and uh, also much later in the game when you're introduced to Abby and her backstory and you get to play as her and I felt to me, like, okay, uh, she wasn't... I, I don't get why people hate her. Because I thought she was extremely intricate, compelling. And she had a very complicated reason for existing within the story. Which yeah, I totally yeah. understood. And I like when I looked at it, uh, the whole theme of like uh, revenge never ever gets you what you want. It was actually executed quite well. And, oh yes it is you know it and is. speaking as a Batman fan where like yeah Batman's entire thing is like you know revenge is not the way to go it's all about doing the right yeah, thing yeah. and I mean Ellie only learns that again at the climax of the entire game itself but throughout the end she was just killing a bunch of people no remorse bringing her friends along for the ride without any sort of care or what, yeah. whatnot. that was actually well done and seeing Abby's side of the story as well that again she is a hero in her story and Ellie is the bad guy in her story yeah. and Joel in that case that actually works very well especially when they establish they can control Abby at the snow part at the, like the first two hours so oh, after the zebra you, like, a nice... oh, that's the flashback no, no 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 way before like at the first uh, okay, hour of the game talking... after Ellie you get to switch when to they Abby, bump into Joel right? group. that section yeah 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 all okay, that I was bit. a bit yes, confused because yes. like there's a lot of snow here which part <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I would say this, uh, story-wise, uh, I thought it was very interesting. And yeah, I mean, some parts of it were actually compelling, but for the most part of it, it felt very much like draggy, a lot of padding. And a lot of it was like, basically, I would say this, uh, um, the story in general is average with a few interesting moments, but I would not rate it as something that would convince me to buy this game. Because also, in spite of a good story, it got in the way of a lot of the gameplay for me because like overall it's like between the gameplay segments and the story I felt like this this time the story took up way too much of my time I felt I was putting down the controller way more often than I did in the previous games but at the same time this has always been like Naughty Dog's thing not like, true the first Uncharted not, all the way I do it even Uncharted 4 there was a lot of story no, no, stuff I'm, going on with all the action going on you're not paying on. attention I'm saying that I put down the controller more times here than I did on Uncharted 4. 
Uncharted 4 mm. had a lot of story moments, but it had a lot of gameplay moments to complement. Whereas this one, it felt like, you know, uh, Last of Us 2 is like they focus on the story and then they had to kind of string gameplay and elements between the chapters, which is why a lot of the action and a lot of the combat and a lot of the gameplay felt very mundane to me because they couldn't incorporate any sense of escalation or learning. Because, like, if you want to compare it to the Uncharted games, you want to compare it to its own legacy and its own wheelhouse, right? Uncharted games actually allowed you an opportunity to explore not only new areas, but, you know, they ramped up the scale and the difficulty and the weaponry because you needed to face harder things. Whereas, like, when you play something like Last of Us, right, a lot of the in-between gameplay moments is just you walking around, picking up shit, and, like, taking off stragglers. Scavenging all the yeah. 150 filing cabinets you find and in Seattle. And it gets dull very quickly because, you know, I... At least in the first 12 hours, you get to at least... There was a bit of an open-world thing before it went... A bit too linear for its own good lah. Like uh, when you explore Seattle, there's a lot of things you can miss in the first at least four or five hours per se before it went on to its own story. This, yeah, so this. I think that thing you're complaining was actually later on in the game or at least after the Seattle oh. part. Like the like when you go hit towards the hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would say this right. Uh, the pacing of this game is actually atrocious, you know? Oh, yes. That, yeah. I'm not going to argue with because, that. Because like, yeah. uh, what it's I'm really bad. truly complaining about is like you really... It really feels like watch a cutscene, you walk a little bit, maybe something happens, then you watch another cutscene, you know? Or you open another filing cabinet. Or, yeah, you, oh, like, hey, let's go check out this thing. And then, like, oh, hey, tape. Oh, hey, an empty yeah. bottle. Maybe I'll find a rag and make a Molotov. And, like, it really feels like the, the world building was not pushed further. It really felt like, oh, it's kind of like they're just telling us a story. And they're wrapping a game around it, you know, and that was basically one of the reasons. And giving us nice sights and sounds for it. I as mean, well like, too. I'm not like, saying anything bad about the presentation at all, because if you were to ask me based yeah. on the story and based on just the graphical fidelity, right? Like, I thought the game looked gorgeous, especially whenever you did uh, th those boat missions. Just like how mesmerizing the water looked uh, with the mist. Jesus, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like I was like, especially those moments where basically when you you know clear through like a forest area and then you go up, up on a vista and then like you look at the city in the distance, it's like, okay, that was that's 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 fucking beautiful. Oh yeah, but it's like I don't that one. There's no complaints. I got there, zero complaints sure. about the presentation because like I think the presentation to me just based on the presentation alone is like a nine upon ten. It's like this is actually very immaculate, you know, uh, but. I have to talk about the game. What you do. Yeah, yeah. And like what I do was not enjoyable at all because it, it really feels like it's an incremental improvement from the first game which came out seven years ago. It's... Yeah, a slight improvement. Like, I think... I Did it, I think did you have a skill tree in the last game? I don't quite remember. Because nah. I know you couldn't prone. I know there was a skill tree in this game. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. You know, and the thing is, right, it yeah. does not even... Like... It doesn't even present you with enough of a menagerie of enemy classes to actually improve on the gameplay. Like, you can literally not upgrade anything and you can still beat this game. Let's be honest about that. You know, it's like, you know, once in a while, once you finally, like, fight those bloaters or even the Rat King, right? It's like, yeah, just... You if you save up your ammo, if you save up enough, like, the trip bombs, I think you'll be you'll fine. You'll be fine, you know? And the thing is, right, I played this game and I spent a majority of the time, like, you know ignoring items because my pack was constantly full and uh, I mean that's what probably disappointed me the most because it's like the game did not challenge me or intrigue me enough 
to actually figure out or master anything in general. It just felt like you're going along for a slightly challenging but not quite hardcore ride. I wouldn't call it slightly challenging. It was very mundane. (laughs) It's like, um, the only challenge I had was with the controls. Because every once in a while, like, I had a little bit of input delay and, like, you know, the dodging mechanic was very 50-50 for me. And there was also moments like, you know, like, why can't I throw my Molotov? I'm, I'm freaking <laughs> trying to aim this thing, right? And it's like, okay. Oh, I'd rather just press R2 whenever I see my cursor on the enemy, yeah, that's it. No, but it's the thing enough. is, I want to finesse a little bit, right? So, like, okay, there are some technical issues, but that's not enough to mar the overall gameplay experience. Uh, uh, another thing I also need to complain about is, like, you know, a lot of the mini games and a lot of the, the lack of platforming and puzzle solving is extremely detrimental. I think the only puzzles we get is, like, here's a rope. Figure out where you're gonna put it at, yeah. and then most of your other puzzles is like, oh, let's just find the exit, find the entrance. Here's, here, here's a how to, yeah, here's a locked door. Oh, who, yeah, yeah, who to kill first in this room full of enemies who discovered you, or if you're that's hiding. That's not even a puzzle. <laughs> that's basically yeah. That's more like a that's more like a fight. Basically, it's yeah, like if you play Metal Gear Solid, like yeah, you, you clear the guy closest to the exit in case you need to bail out as quickly as possible. Then you work your way around the room rather than through the room. Yeah, and then when you actually are discovered in some instances in the Run game, away. at least the game is pretty generous with the ammo, come to think it's of it. Extreme. When you're running from one corner to the other corner it's of the room. It's extremely generous with the ammo, especially once you get the sniper rifle. It's like, alright, you know, you clear out the area before you even arrive. You know, and the yeah. thing is like, you, you, you think you feel like a badass and then like they try to like shove like a like a large bloater at you and it's like, yeah, I have enough Molotov cocktails. I have enough to kill you. I have enough you know, trip so. bombs to take care of this. Like, why Why should I feel threatened? Or why Why are you trying to make this seem like there's going to be an impressive set piece, you know? I mean, I did... I think my deaths only come because of my... I underestimate how far my uh, trip mines can explode. <laughs> so, yeah. That, that's usually my own that's deaths. That's on you, yes. bro. <laughs> yep. Your fault. If, if it's your fault, you can't blame yep. the game. <laughs> I don't know. Uh... Yeah, I, and I also I mean I'm not a fan of also like uh, janky con- uh, like aiming you know like basically you need to calm down or you, like you after if you ho- you kind of have to like hold your breath for uh, Abby or actually yeah. or she have to use that uh, upgrade that one skill like to actually cause less gun sway for Ellie yeah. I, and the thing is right they didn't even label those uh those upgrades properly because there was this one time where they say like oh this improves uh what do you call uh, I don't know what is uh, accuracy? It wasn't even accuracy. Or, uh, it was like another word. Uh. I can't. Uh, recoil. What was it? Recoil? It was like an S word. Like sustainability? No, that's not even the word I'm using. Stability, my bad. Stability, okay, right. Let me right. try that again. Okay, so there. So it sways less. It no, sways no, less. Here's the thing. There was this uh, upgrade when I was on one of the workbenches. Like, oh, this uh, improves stability. And I, okay, I'll buy this. You know, and like. No, the, the gun is still swinging. What the fuck was stability in the first place? What does that mean? Uh, it didn't okay, explain okay. that at all. Like, okay. Um, but, okay. Um, I spend less time with the guns because they're not very useful, especially the guns you need to aim. Like, the go-to weapon is the shotgun. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh my god. That's all you need. You know, you nice. don't need... You just and, and, and the results from the shotgun. Just shoot from the hip. man. Yes. Naughty Dog really did quite a good job with the gore. So, yeah. I gotta give it I that. I would say it's good, but I would say like, yeah, it's expected, I guess. I mean, I mean, it's nice to see some brain matter splattering out. No, but it, the thing is, it, after so. Resident Evil 2 Remake, it's, it's gonna take a lot more to impress me now when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't know, in the context of shooting humans down, uh, fake humans, thankfully, and dogs, eh, not bad, not bad. I'll give it that. No, the dogs don't explode into chunks. <laughs> they just die. <laughs> 
I know there was some gore, like, like some guts coming out of the dog at one point. Or maybe I, it could be a human for all you know, so yeah. never mind. No, the dogs, they just, they just whimper, and then they're dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, I can't blow this to pieces? Hmm, somebody might complain. <laughs> because that's, I think that's the one thing I think the developers had to wrestle with, was basically... Oh, and that's what they're trying to go for, like, to make someone be like, damn. That's hardcore or something. What, killing a dog? We've been killing dogs. No, no, not just that. Not killing dogs, uh, killing dudes or basically how, how everything's all reacting. I believe that was what Naughty Dog was trying to do. Like, they're trying to get a rise out of you this when you've been around been since the Hitman games, bro. The death animations, like, this is not new. And if you're getting a rise from this, like, what's wrong with you? Haven't you, exactly. haven't you played it's mature like, video that's what, games? That's what, that's what Naughty Dog was trying to aim for, I, I guess. Think that's so. what, okay, then maybe I take it back. Yeah, you immature developers. You think this is what impresses us? No. <laughs> We've been playing video games. We've, dude, uh, ever since Soldier of Fortune back in the 90s, like, yeah, gore doesn't affect us anymore. This is actually pretty random. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, okay you want to say the 80s? Remember Splatterhouse when that was the goriest game of all time? It's like, yeah, it's going to yep, take a yep. lot to really impress us. I would say this. Uh, I mean, notwithstanding, the gore does add a nice visceral quality to the death animations of the uh, the characters you kill, right? Especially when you see them struggle when you shift them in the neck, right? Mm, but, yeah, the blood coming out. From the but guy's it's the neck same. It's, it's the same can animation over and over again. It's like yeah, you get numb to that very quickly. And I'm not saying that this game desensitizes us against violence. It's like yeah, if you watch enough gory things, it's like you've seen them all, I guess. And the thing is. Yeah. I don't equate this food real life. It's like this is a video game. This this does not have the kind of effect on me, you know. As like say uh, you know watching, like you know a, a, like a like an action movie is like oh that's so hardcore. Like, you know, it's just yeah. That's what happens when you shoot a guy in the head. <laughs> it yeah, pops yeah. up like a melon. <laughs> and if you do it well, it's actually quite enjoyable. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Naughty Dog going, or I, but I think that's the thing. They like, they were really focusing on on it being as cinematic as possible, which is something that like you know, Rockstar struggles with. With like when we were discussing like the Red Dead uh, Redemption. Oh my God, we're talking about Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, too. it's like okay, yes. do we really need to see? Do we really need to have the swing animation of their punches be so big and long winded? Like yeah, this gets dull after a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. But to Last of Us 2's credit, at least everything, at least controlling Ellie and Abby felt less sluggish compared to like Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Red, Red Redemption 2. Yeah, but if, uh, if Red Dead Redemption 2 is quite irredeemable in this term. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I would say this, right? Like, I do recall, like, when you were, when Naughty Dog came onto the scene and they dropped Uncharted, and watching, like, Nathan Drake's, like, clothes get wet in the water and seeing him shake it off when he leaves, like, a water area, or just seeing the way he stumbles and falls or like those cool little animations that happen when you see him traverse and climb Assassin's Creed style, right? That was extremely impressive then. Doing the same shit now actually feels very tedious to me because I also feel like, okay, why does the reload animation need to be so realistic that it's actually kind of boring? <laughs> Especially when you like, the reason why I don't use guns in a lot of fights is like, yeah, the revolver is totally useless because it's like, if you miss a couple of shots and you just watch her like you have to do that slow reloading she has to reload bullet by bullet you. right and like uh, okay didn't other games like and, and that's the thing is like they are so focused on it being like you know uh, realistic and immersive like for guys like me it's like things like that don't affect my enjoyment at all because it's like no, when I, when I press reload it reloads now and then I can start shooting again because it's a fucking video game so that's the conflict for me because it's, it basically feels like okay they're, they're, they care so much about their presentation that a lot of the gameplay feels, you know, 
it's exactly the same as it was yeah. in the first game with that incremental upgrade. They added needed. a few things, you know. There's a few new enemies, but not enough for you to feel like, oh, I, I look forward to to fighting that. It, it feels like okay, here comes that mild annoyance before I go to the next section of this game. And it's like okay, I mean, I, I don't want to go on and on about this at all, but uh, gameplay-wise, Last of Us is really lacking, especially since it's 2020. We're entering a new console generation, and like games have matured beyond like basic like you know what, what they did in Uncharted and what I'm worried about right is that with all that uh, is riding on this like the game did gangbusters I think it made money right it definitely sold a hefty amount uh, for part 2 we don't know yet but I'm gonna guess because maybe. if Probably I'm not mistaken yes. as of to this recording what has been reported is hey, it is definitely the best selling uh, Naughty Dog game I could be wrong but it's surpassed Unch- uh, Last, of, Last of Us 1 Huh. But okay. I don't think it can. Sup- I mean that that isn't expected because we do we we all knew what the critical darling Last of Us one was. Or it could be all perhaps. those people with the critic hate buying it. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, like, oh, you're yeah, doing trying to favor? sell off the copy on the week. Because yeah. all these jerk offs are gonna like you know do the Instagram post where they step on it or they set it on fire. Like this game sucks, burn it. Like you know they still made money off you, you dumbass. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's counterintuitive. Yes. Just play the fucking game, okay? Uh, oh no! Wait, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, what about you? Like, your your thoughts? I think my 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 thoughts are kind of echoing yours to a point because at the end of the day, I know that Naughty Dog was just trying to just do a cinematic style game that tells the story more than focus more on its gameplay. But at least I felt that the first twelve hours of The Last of Us Part Two. It's actually alright. I did enjoy playing Ellie because she felt slightly different. I think she does, she does not need to actually create shifts to basically backstab or stealth kill enemies, unlike mm. with Joel. And exploring Seattle, wasting time and finding out some fun bits here and there that help forward the plot, make me find extra items and weapons. Actually, it's kind of fun. What do you mean? Exp- until, it gets to the, until it gets to the part where, you know, it just ends up forwarding the plot, which is fine from a story perspective, but... In terms of gameplay, yes, you're going to see the hooks there. Oh, Ellie is stuck at a point. She needs to go find a way around one area here and there. The jumping and the navigating can get a bit old and tedious, especially when all you'll be doing is just opening up those cabinets and searching and scavenging for stuff for your next fight. And the actual fight itself, I mean, when when I came across the dogs, that was kind of fun at first. And then I realized later on in the game, I felt the AI was probably getting dumber or maybe I just had better weapons and upgrades especially when I was controlling Abby uh, because I used the same tactics over and over again in subsequent fights after the first six, seven hours in Seattle maybe can I have can I maybe speak on that I don't think the AI got dumber it's just that you got so the muscle memory kicked in and then as an actual gamer it's like yeah I I don't really need to work hard because I was really expecting Oh, maybe that, maybe that. Yeah. I was actually expecting the scars to throw a smoke bomb to flush me out. Nothing like that happened, dude. I was just camping in the same area for quite a few fights, dude. It's like, I kind of thought they would actually improve that upon Last of Us Part 1. So yeah, I agree with you that the fact that, yeah, the challenge not isn't quite there. Especially yeah. when you get more ammo than you need in your I first playthrough. I spent most of the game with my inventory full. I didn't need to upgrade. I mean, I only needed to upgrade and once in a while craft Molotov bombs because bloaters like that's the easiest way to take them out but it's like if, yeah, you yeah, could, yeah. if you knew how to stealth your way through the entire game you'll be fine 
You don't even need to fire yeah. the gun. Right, maybe just whatever you learn in part one, you can actually apply in part two, and even mm. better because of the skill tree upgrades and everything. Like more health for Ellie, or even more health for Abby, and she can do that thing where she stealth, she kills someone, and then the next person she melees dies from the next punch. <laughs> she can one shot things. The momentum, the, mom- the momentum thing. Yeah, the I actually like that. Up. I actually like that a lot, you know. And I wish I could play more as Abby. <laughs> like I would love to play an entire game just around her. Actually, ten hours with Abby is quite a lot. So, I mean, I'm ta- I'm talking like half half of the game is Ellie, the other half is Abby. But so. you don't spend ten hours with her, bro. You spend about four to five hours with her in total. Minus cutscenes, remember? Six, seven ish <laughs> hours per se. And minus yeah, minus yeah, all yeah. those futzing about, like you know, especially when you intro- when she like uh, when you play her the older version of her and you're walking around this gigantic stadium is like. I'm gonna oh or even yeah. or even the aquarium that take, yeah. took out way too much time. It's like okay, like what's the next thing to do? Hold on, let me get you a burrito. And you watch the fucker queue up. Me like, <laughs> okay, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> you know, like, oh, talk to the guy in the yeah. St- the immersion, the immersion is probably it's not so for obnoxious. Us, you know, sure. it's like okay, I get it. Okay, she, th- this is where she is. It's like, and, and I find that super annoying, especially when it's obvious. Is like. Some game designer really worked hard on this scenario and this uh, map and this world and all the little intricacies, right? And they force you to like, hey, pay attention to the shit we made! And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's like the classic matte painting shots of the 70s where like the director has to linger on the shot for three hours because he's really proud of it, of, of his composition. It's like, okay, I get it. You, you build a very nice world. Can we fucking play a game now? I don't yeah. know. I found those parts so obnoxious. It's like, uh, especially it's like, uh, that the, the when you when you in, we introduce the horse riding, and it's like, okay, okay, we're gonna go down this pass. Keep up, but the boop, but the boop, and it's like, oh, look at the lovely vistas and the okay, it's cool. Can we get on with it now? I get it. And then your horse dies. Then your horse dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blows up. Yeah. <laughs> I giggled when it happened. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah. Being. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's following. It's following. It's it's in character. It's in. No, theme, I would say it is. So. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> a lot of animals die because like, yo, how did Abby get so thick and all? That's where does she find protein and mass produce and mass gains in the post apocalypse? I think. <laughs> I think if you work with a WLF long enough, you will end up. Like That's that, not how so. muscles work, dude. <laughs> Okay, you need definitely protein and a lot of things to to build mass, you know. And she's a girl. Okay, it, it's twice as hard for them to build up enough muscle mass in a post-apocalypse. It's like, I think it's Conan logic. You know, it's basically you, yeah, I you guess spin so. that yeah, wheel yeah. long enough, muscles happen. Like that's not how muscles work. That, 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 I guess in movie logic, yeah, it's that they're following that. Uh, oh man, there's a lot of logical problems with that. And the Last of Us too is like, uh, but uh, I can't address them because they don't affect my gameplay. What affects me is definitely. Uh, the gameplay logic is like, all right, the this has to happen now. Why, you know? And like the crutch is also basically when they why it feels monotonous because they always do the flashbacks. It's like two years ago and four years ago, and like, oh hey, yeah, to just flash out more on like how the hell did it come to this or flashing out Abby especially. I mean, it also feels like a crutch because it's like then you don't need to improve on the mechanics of the game because it's like oh two years ago you wouldn't have known how to kill this thing or you wouldn't have these kind of weaponry available. It's like all right, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's because like in other games, if it's like a linear progression, it's like okay. You, you definitely uh, after a while you get more upgrades you get more inventory space you get more weapons like you know it builds up that way but it's like 
when you in- introduce like the flashback thing where it's like oh yeah uh, two years ago uh, yeah you're younger you don't have as much health and you don't have a shotgun yet so yeah back to this gameplay mechanic then that's the problem I had is like oh these flashbacks are an opportunity for them not to increase you know the gameplay mechanic at all and it's like it's just to tell this story it's just to tell a story it's like so so much of this game is designed to serve a story and the story was good but it's like as as a game it's like I felt very much like underwhelmed by you know the the variety of things to do which you know and the thing is right the only thing that was designed to keep your attention was the story mode and like the story mode to me was fine but it wasn't enough to encourage me to like uh not pause and like you know I'll, I'll take a break this i don't feel excited i don't feel enthralled enough to like i want to see what i do in the next one because it's like it felt like mundane is like okay I, it's, it's the same shit clear an area maybe a boss fight pick up some shit repeat at nauseum and then they're telling you the story at the same time like, okay that's cool then like but i want to get good i want to master something i want to be able to show some skill it's like I have zero opportunities to do that. Yeah, unfortunately, whatever you've done in part one, yeah, you like, can actually yeah, apply in part two. So it's not much of a not much of an upgrade at all. Like whatever yeah. you've learned as a video, like whatever you've learned as a video gamer, is like, if you've been playing video games for a while, this game is not going to be compelling for you, or even challenging. It's not for that challenging matter. at all. So yeah, like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> that, that's enough from me, man. Is, yeah, is yeah. there anything you want to bring up? Uh, not really. I mean, again, this is still a game we're reviewing in the end, and it was okay for me. I mean, this is not going to be like in my top ten or even top twenty for twenty twenty. Anyway. No man. But it is it is a serviceable game. I mean, I'm giving props to at least Naughty Dogs for at least going through the vision of doing a sequel for the mm. game for part one to follow up on Joel's actions in the first game, which you know is kind of expected because. When you when you kind of piss off a group, you know there's gonna be some resurgence or ex people are gonna come after you anyway. Yeah. So I kind of like to see that follow up to that, which is it serves its purpose really well. I'm glad that this came out and I'm glad I played it. Am I gonna play this again? No, I'm not. Yeah, rep- because, there's no replayability for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's fine to f- collect all this stuff, and I do get a kick out of like strategizing how to kill enemies back and forth. But when you start doing the same thing, even with a different, slightly different playstyle, like with Abby. Then it definitely gets old. Yeah. So that you're just actually playing it just for the sake of the story. You want to find out whether Ellie fucks it all up in the end or not, or it doesn't teach you anything, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, in terms of like, there's a very person. little player growth in this. It's more. I mean, you are still entertained. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You are still entertained if you're into the story kind kind of beats. I'll, but that's I, it. I would agree with you there. It's like this game is d- designed around character growth, not so much around player growth. So it's like yeah, it's definitely for fans of games like like Telltale games who like a lot of narrative in their stories and they don't like to be challenged. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you compare that to something like uh, if you want a better survival horror experience, at least Resident Evil Two Remake did it did a better way at elevating tension. Or if you want the best one of all time, Half Life Two is really cheap on Steam still. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you want a, a nice narrative storytelling that balances gameplay and a narrative, Half Life Two Episode Two Episode Three. All the oh, wait, episodes. Episode three doesn't <laughs> exist. Alex. Yeah, yeah. All, all all the existing episodes. All the existing. <laughs> Alex doesn't count. Alex is a prequel. Alex, don't buy Alex unless you can afford it. <laughs> That's a weird thing to yeah. say. <laughs> can you afford it? Yeah, then don't yeah, buy yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, overall rating for me, uh, Last of Us Part Two was. Uh, I would say I wasn't disappointed because I was kind of expecting it to be what it is. 
Yeah, I was yeah. actually kind of hopeful that maybe they would elevate the gameplay a little bit more, but I don't know. Uh, I cannot fully recommend this game at all. I mean, if you're a fan of the first one and you just want to follow the story, yeah, well, go on YouTube. <laughs> people have been spoiling it left, right, and center. All the Let's Plays are out no, there. No, I, I rather I rather people who played the first game buy this one. I mean, at least it gets some closure or see how the story of the game can actually go from there. Like. Isn't Joel gonna answer for his crimes? No, I, uh, I literally you can, just. You can find your answer I'm, I'm just saying, game. like you know, if you only want to know what the story is, right? Yeah, you can go to YouTube. It exists. <laughs> I know, I know, but playing at least you gotta. For those people who played the first game, they gotta at least play the second game. You know, I wouldn't even recommend it. <laughs> like if you played the first game, it's more of the same. It's not. It's not something that they're not expanding on your game experience. Like yeah, if you wanna know what the story is about, right? Yeah, there's outlets, but. No, I can't. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I I don't repeat myself, but yeah, I can't recommend this game. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's our Last of Us two review. What do you think? Do you yeah. like this game? Do you not like this game? Are you one of those <laughs> assholes review bombing on Metacritic? And why are you doing that? Come on. Yeah, please, please don't, don't do, that. do that. Just stop. Just if you want to give a review bomb, give us like five stars on iTunes. <laughs> It really helps with our visibility, I guess. Oh yes, it I would does. love for the Last King fans to give us review bombs on iTunes. Yeah, but you know that's the show, I guess. So, uh, any uh, final words, John? Uh, not much. I mean, I'll still tell people to like you know just experience it for yourself if you're mm. really not so sure, especially if you played the first game. Again, I kind of wish the gameplay was better, especially at the second half, but could have been worse. I think that's, that's a review terrible right there. review. You can't say it could have been worse. Yeah, every, again, could have been every, worse. Could have been very, could have been very every, pretentious. Uh, could have been very pretentious. That's every honestly. review in general. Like, yeah, it could have been worse. It's all right. <laughs> it could have been worse. It's not great. <laughs> and we have seen worse. So I'm at least glad that at least Dr. Uh, Dog I think that's kept the status quo in terms of its theme. That's, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the, the, the closing statement right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there are terrible games. It's not one of them. <laughs> But again, fans of narrative stuff, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you're gonna plong down like eighty plus Asian dollars on this, go for it. I don't know, how much is it in Malaysian dollars? It's like ninety dollars, right? I think it's about two hundred RM. You yeah. paid two hundred dollars for this. RM, RM, dude, conversion. Conversion. That's like ninety yeah. Singapore. <laughs> I only paid seventy eight. <laughs> Did you buy? Hey, I got a re. At least I can sell back the games. So. Yeah, I can't. I bought this yes, digitally. I Don't buy this digitally. <laughs> buy an actual copy because if you hate it, you can resell it quickly before the the driveless version of PS Five exists and this yes. don't make sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's sign out, right? Yeah. Well, so okay. Uh, tune in next week where we. I don't know what's coming out next week, sir. Um, that's a tough one, actually. <laughs> I guess we could talk about like our favorite games of half the year. Yes, that's what I was leaning at. So tune in next week where we uh review. 2020, the first half, and we talk about our favorite games so far. Does uh, Gears of War Tactics make it to the list, or maybe Ori and the Will of the Wisps, or will Final Fantasy come and crush them all? Or will bring in, or will we bring in a new game or a new contender in the list? Or Stick around, and bleeding find out. edge, bleeding edge, game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been uh, <laughs> Dead Beat Dead Joel. Happy Father's Day. And this has been the Shinzo's list of video games. This Mr. is Toffrey, not the Shinzo's list out. of video games. <laughs> That's Bucks next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> signing up.